podcast where we discuss and explore everything that we're longing for and living for in our queer community. I am Lucy Sassel. And I am Olivia Taylor. Coming to you on a balmy, actually it's quite cold, Wednesday evening. Yeah. Do you think that they're good ASMR voices? Yes, I think they might be. Yeah, we'll can, find out when we get the hits back I, on this. What can I like crackle? Um, absolutely nothing. That's oh, jangly keys. <laughs> <laughs> Listen in, jangly keys. Ep one. Do you like ASMR? I've not really done any ASMR listening or whatever. But do you but, get? Do you? Uh, no, is I, your no, brain I, responsive I, to I don't it? experience what I believe to know ASMR is yeah like, like the, the tingliness, tingliness. no yeah. I don't do you yeah do you yeah oh I'm kind of jealous it like goes it like it like crawls up <laughs> your spine and like in the back of your head and you're like ah! oh I, I know that feeling but to but me like I feel like I'm, like not not in a asmr way to me that's not relaxing oh it's like a bit unnerving it's a bit like all right for a bit but then <laughs> it needs to be finished <laughs> it's all right for a bit yeah um no, I don't. I do like to listen to rain sounds, though. Oh, lovely. <laughs> if I'm really stressed and I can't sleep, I listen to rain sounds. Yeah. It makes me feel soothed. When I used to be, I used to do this job and I had this boss who was, like, really stressful. Yeah. Um. So I always used to listen to Enya when I got stressed. You um, love listening to Orinoco Flow when you're stressed. Yeah. And then, or like, hungover. people are like, oh, yeah, that's lovely. <laughs> and then people just walk past me like... She's having a shit day. She's got Orinoco <laughs> flow on again. On repeat. <laughs> on those like 12 hour YouTube videos of Orinoco flow. Yeah, literally. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I listen to those like really long, like ambient noises of the rainforest when I'm doing something and I need to concentrate, but I don't do well with complete silence. No, I don't do well with complete silence no. really. So uh, that's why I do like a little something. A little summit. A little summit in the background. <laughs> I feel like if I were a writer, I would have to like go to a cafe or something i don't think i could go to like a silent retreat and oh when it comes that. to writing i can only do that in silence okay yeah yeah I, d- I would hate to do it in like a cafe or something but that's because i'm too anxious like i'm too like people like it's too performative like i have to be pr- right. produ- productive and i have to buy a coffee and people look at me and i'm gonna like trip over something Oh, okay. I think like once. And that's like, me every day. I think like <laughs> w- once. Once I'd found like a nice little enclave and put my headphones in, even if I'm not listening to anything. Right. That would be, fine be a fine thing for me. Okay. Yeah. Well, fine. I'll I'll let you know when I write the book. Yeah, let me know. What you living and you longing well, for? Yeah, here we are. <laughs> so I am living for my brand new obsession that I've touched upon and actually touched upon a bit in uh, the last episode in a virtual capacity, but this time it's the real life thing. I'm absolutely living for it, and I know I'm about six to four years late. Escape rooms. <laughs> honestly obsessed. Like, honestly. So I went on my first ever escape room like a bit ago with work, a few weeks ago. And then I went last night with my cousin who was in town again, who's the one I love to do all the games with. And um, Adam, my sister's boyfriend and housemate and friend. Uh, <laughs> and we went, we went and did this escape room, which was like um, creepy motel themed. Um, and it was like a, like a weird murder motel. Um, Is that because you're thinking about Shit's Creek? Yeah, it was. Because I don't ever stop thinking about Shit's Creek. No. But also because like we just wanted to do a scary one. And it was the only one that was available. <laughs> when yeah. we had booked it last minute. And it was super good. And loads and loads of fun. And we were a great team. And we got out with 11 minutes to spare. Oh and my God. the absolute buzz that I get from doing an escape room. Yeah. It's my SMR. The buzz of an escape room well played. 
in this Kate Rhubarb taste. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm living for because I just think it's really fun to have like a new hobby thing that I like to do. And did you get one of those like hilarious pictures that say like did I escaped? We just, <laughs> yes. It says I broke out. Yeah. And we're all there like, <laughs> I sent it around to the um, family groups today. It was yeah. really funny. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just living for that because it was a really nice experience and a nice time. And I'm longing for in pod time uh, when this comes out, the night of uh, when this pod comes out, I'm going to see Camp Cope. Uh, the band <laughs> at uh, Gorilla in Manchester and they are a band I've wanted to see for like so long yeah. I nearly saw last year on their tour but then like they sold out Manchester dead quick and playing a really small venue and I was really annoyed because I like, kicking myself for not getting tickets and then um I was like, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll go to, like, Nottingham and see them and, like, just stay at my parents' house and do, yeah, I'll do that and, like, be an independent woman. And then I didn't in the end because I was, like, too scared about it or whatever. But now I'm not scared about anything. So I'm going. Also, it's Manchester against it's easier. <laughs> I'm going. I got a ticket and I'm so excited and I'm going to, like, bawl my eyes out and it's going to be the best thing ever. What kind of music is it? Mm, sort of, like, punk, punky, rocky, guitar-y, all girls amazing Oh, best thing great. ever so good yeah. <laughs> uh yeah they're amazing and i'm very 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 excited so that is what i am longing for what are you living and longing for i am living for the fact that merriam webster has now included they them in the dictionary in the context of gender pronouns yes so um that is very exciting great news and also um bad news for all of the people who use like poor grammar is a reason to like right um, yeah say that it's not say like, that it's not a thing not okay yeah. yeah to like erase non-binary <laughs> pronouns so jokes on you um <laughs> what are you gonna do now um so i'm living for that and i am longing for on saturday i'm going on a gorgeous spa day oh are you? you did mention this yeah, yeah so nice have you got like a full day thing planned treatment yeah it's a full day <laughs> i don't really know what we're doing i know i'm having some kind of rejuvenating facial of course it's always it's it's always <laughs> rejuvenating it's never just a facial no. or a scrub it's always a rejuvenating yeah so when you see me you're going to be like blinded by my like youthful glow blinded by your light yeah yeah wear, yeah. wear sunglasses when we record next okay i'll make a note to do so <laughs> Well, that sounds really, really nice. So we agree with rejuvenating facials. We agree with going to see gigs of bands that you wanted to see for a long time. We do. But what don't you agree with this week? It's time for... <laughs> I don't know why I did it like that. <laughs> it's time for... I don't agree with it. So another week, another thing to not be agreeing with, yeah. Lucy. Um, what is it that you don't agree with this week? Well, this is something um, that is, it's a bit, it can be construed as commuter-based, so we're back on track, but um, it's its a generalised, like, view, but it just happens to be that it happens would, to me on my commute. I would have thought you would have had so many commuter-based mm. slash transport ones after driving for, like, 14 hours I know, to be fair, weekend. not that many bad things happened on our journey. Apart from that guy who, like, slid over, like, five lanes <gasps> to get off the junction. And we were like, <laughs> I was just going, sorry, you missed the junction, yeah. you just have to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> And then you're like, I hope that you are inconvenienced later by something. Yeah, that's what me and my little sister always say. We're always like, I hope that you uh, have like an accident that's very inconvenient, but no one gets hurt and everyone's okay, but you're very inconvenienced and uncomfortable about it. And then you uh, change the way you drive. And actually, you're not allowed to drive anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. So 
uh, it's not actually about driving. It's about walking. Okay. Um, so obviously I walk into work every day and, and back. <laughs> and they, I, what I don't agree with is stupid building companies deciding to make public space private and blocking up like what was what are perfectly good footpaths for no fucking reason. Yeah. So on my way to work, there's this bit by like the GMAX Bridgewater Hall and they have like, they're doing some like building or whatever, but they've sealed off like what was the footpath and so now you cannot walk on, like, one side of the road. Mm. Which means that, like, what they want you to do, because they've tried to make it, like, footpath closed, like, further up so you don't, like, even cross over to it. But yeah. me and some other savvy commuters haven't done it. Um, they try <laughs> to make it, like, cross the road and make it take ages longer, and I'm not doing that. Right. Uh, so I just, like, ignore it and have to walk on the, like, literally on the road, <laughs> essentially. Yes. And, and then you get to a point, which I get, and it's fine... I, I mean, I don't get it. I don't agree with it. Public space is public space. Fuck off. But there's like a point where it's no longer like a big actual wall of like that they've created, but just the actual footpath. And they and it, there's there's nothing there. It's a huge footpath, and they've shut it. And it's so so inconvenient and so stupid. And I just don't agree with it at all because it's really gets on my nuts. <laughs> As someone I know likes to say, but uh, it's who do you know? My cousin says that all the time. Gets on my nuts. Sarah does. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's funny. Um, so I really don't agree with it. Uh, inconveniencing people who are walking should not be the priority. It should be making everything better for people who are walking and not all the stupid cars. Do you know that Shude Hill have added on another week? Oh my god. Yes. And I found out the news. She's, oh, sorry. Ooh. What is the news? Apparently, the news is apparently my Google password is required, required. But anyway. Um, yeah, I found out the news when I went today because I actually went to to Victoria yesterday because yeah. I can't remember where I needed to get something from Marks and Spencer. Probably. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, so I was like, oh, I'll just go the normal way today yeah. because it'll be fine. It was not so. And it's not actually going to be ready for another week. Were you like, whoa. They said on the sign, the 14th. And I knew it wouldn't be ready. Don't believe the sign. You did say that you wouldn't, you believe it when you see it. Yeah, exactly. And there's like nothing on TFGM to be like, oh yeah, I went to look on the website of the tram. Yeah. And it said like, Piccadilly, six minutes. Mm -hmm. Like, Berry, four minutes. (coughs) And because it's passing through Shude Hill still, it's still showing up as how long away it is, which obviously implies that it's a functioning tram stop, which it ain't. Oh dear. So I had that really annoying thing again uh, tonight when I went through it on the tram. So this morning I like went, got the bad news and then had to trot all the way down to Exchange Square. Oh dear. I know. Would you like me to have a word with Andy Burnham? I'm seeing him tomorrow morning. Sort the trams out, Andy! (laughs) Andy! (laughs) That's literally all anyone says to Andy Burnham. I know, I will not be saying anything of the sort. Um. (laughs) Anyway, what do you not agree with apart from... What will you be saying to Andy Burnham? Oh, probably nothing apart from, good morning Andy, here's your uh, name tag and Mm. thank you for joining us today. Okay. (laughs) Have we explained on the podcast that you're doing that? No. Okay. Well, you are. I'm doing a thing tomorrow for my work where I have to see Andy Burnham for a breakfast. <laughs> a big breakfast, I happen to be there. Do you think Andy Burnham is um, a sausage Batman or a bacon Batman or an egg Batman or a vegan Batman? Uh, I think he's a sausage Batman. Yeah, If same. I had to guess. I think he is. Um, but he will be getting a full English tomorrow. 
interesting yeah so. I, I and i think that he'll like all the things on it like i think that he'll oh, i think it'll be very complimentary i think that he'll eat the tomato oh absolutely yes yeah yes i think he would i think he'd eat black pudding i do yeah yeah i think he'll have an extra round of toast if it's going <laughs> if it's going if it's going spare yeah. yeah and do you think he's coffee or tea man um, a coffee very early, but then you'll switch to tea. That is exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. We've got you pinned, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'll report back, let you know <laughs> what I serve him Please tomorrow. do. Please um, do. What do you not agree with, apart from your tram nightmares? To be honest, and um, it's probably a bit boring, but for everyone, but I just really don't agree with the fact that we're not in Margate anymore. <laughs> I we got, need to be forever basking in the glow of that gay light. I've got such FOMO for my past self of like four days ago. <laughs> I, I do. When I went to bed last night, I went to bed super late, like for a school night, like yeah. near midnight. And and like, why like, is my stomach full of trifle shots? Yeah. And I was like, what, I'm, why am I still living like I'm on holiday? I was annoyed with myself. And then I was like, oh, I need to like get sleep. And I was like, I wish I didn't have to have sleep. And I could just be like in that gorgeous bed, wake, waking up to that astonishing view and just like, trying on down to the turn of contemporary no <laughs> it's so horrible it is i so know I, I i also don't agree with it maybe we should just um move ql towers to margate maybe <laughs> and everyone was like oh it looked like you had a great weekend i was like yeah great <laughs> <laughs> like, such a yes, it was really nice <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i was in a right mood but um yeah I think that we should just definitely, definitely go back for Margate Pride. If anyone's been to Margate Pride, can you please DM us or just get in touch with us in whatever way is best for you? Because I want to know like what it's actually like. like. What to expect, the cool spots, whether or not it's worth going. We're probably going to go anywhere. I mean, we're definitely going to go anyway, but I just want to gather some intel, to be honest. Definitely. So not long since our last record, in all honesty, but um, what have you managed to consume? (laughs) A brief, what, 48 hours? Yes. 36? What, What have you managed to consume in that time? So in that time, apart from consuming all of the puzzles in an escape room, I have um, watched a documentary that Gareth Thomas has done called Gareth Thomas v. Homophobia, The Legacy. Yes. So he had done a... The BBC Wales one. That is... I think it might have been originally. I don't know. Yeah. He had done one a couple of years ago, which was just about stamping out sort of homophobia in football grounds. Yeah. And then this was like a follow up, um, and also like seeing what he could do now and just like you know further into the into the story of his yeah. task taking to task. It was it was BBC Wales and BBC One had it on because of the, what happened in the news. Right, yeah. So just to touch on what has happened in the news, uh, re Gareth Thomas, he um, took to his Twitter and put out a video uh, talking about his experience of the fact that a journalist told his parents that he's HIV positive, that's what he claims. Um, and then so he took to Twitter and ha- he released this video uh, telling everyone that he is HIV positive and he, he didn't want to tell people, but he was forced to because he was being blackmailed by media some some form of media outlet um, uh, that they were going to tell people or release a story, etc., because they'd been to his parents and things like that. So he uh, released this video. The video is incredibly powerful, and he is so eloquent. Like in watching this documentary, I'll say as well, he he's very eloquent. He puts things in such like um, very like succinct, but also like really human way. Yeah. Um, and I would just about, like would recommend to watch watch his video because it's it's great and he sort of just says uh in me telling you this story I'm now going to like I want you to like I want it to be powerful I want it to be a positive message I don't want it to be like a uh, uh like I'm just hating on the media kind of thing like mm. I'm I'm here just to now help raise awareness and blah 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 and he's just doing all the right things so uh yeah so I watched this documentary um 
about stamping out homophobia in football grounds because it is like still rife like there's always homophobic chanting there are over 5,000 like professional football players not a single one is an out gay person which is just a wild statistic yeah like as we've said the stats don't add up he says that as well um so he in his like original documentary he like went to the fa and stuff and they basically it was really funny actually at the beginning of the the documentary he goes like i went to the fa i like talked to all the boards blah 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 and what i got back in return was sweet fa which i thought was really funny (laughs) (laughs) so he's decided like in this one he goes more to like fans and to like clubs and more like grassrootsy organizations so he starts by like um talking to uh marching out together which is the leeds united um like lgbt plus um community uh, group and there are over 40 of those that exist now in like for various different leagues and he talks to them and actually it was really um i thought like was the best way to well he he was talking to all these um people like the fans at the base level saying like oh, don't you think it should be coming from the top? Um, like, why why do the people have to do all the work or whatever? And this one guy who was on, like, a sort of five-a-side football team he was talking to was like, I think that if we do work from here and hopefully people do work from the top, everyone can, like, meet in the middle. Yeah. And it was, like, very well put. It was very good. Um, yeah, so it was... Um, it's a really, really good documentary. And he goes... He did get written a, um amendment to the Football Offences Act, which currently only, like... Um, makes it makes it an offence to have uh, to make like racist remarks or slurs or chanting etc. But there's nothing about any of the other protected characteristics. So which like seems insane. Um, and uh, he spoke to some police people who were like, yes, it would be easier if it was part of this act. Then we could like actually act, enforce, act upon yeah. it and enforce it etc. Even though it's still hate speech that they should be doing it anyway. But that's but for yeah. some reason it slides in football stadium. That's <clears> that's the problem. Um, so yeah, he. Uh, put the amendment through it got through like two rounds in parliament but then brexit took over so hasn't gone any further but hopefully it will eventually the documentary is very like uplifting uh and as as much as it's also really horrible um it's uh hopeful for the future of football and uh stamping out homophobia etc well and all um hate speech within football stadiums um the, he did actually speak to some um, people in the women's game because he was saying how in the women's game it's so much, um, it's way more uh, acceptable and you don't have the same sort of um, uh, chanting of any sort of like... Well, the um, thing is, you just couldn't because, you know, there are just so many queer female yeah, footballers. exactly. And that's just kind of like par for the course a little bit. So not to say that, I mean, there obviously are mm. queer players in um, the male in inverted commas league or yeah. whatever but it's like you, you that that just could never have happened yeah 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 so that's why like the whole point is that like visibility is key so yeah. having any sort of visibility uh, in any form or you know showing support in any way is like obviously the key to making it um hopefully like part of football history and um and he... also you can't ignore the fact that 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 comes hand in hand where it doesn't with um the female women's league but with toxic masculinity as well and that's like the reason yes absolutely it's not just like yeah because so many people's counter argument to like um 
trying to get rid of homophobic chanting or you know <clears throat> like hate speech chanting etc it's like oh yeah it's just banter it's that's what it's like that is part of football blah blah, blah. that's yeah. what everyone does it's like yeah, why did why did why yeah did, you can say a load of yeah. shit but why do you say that shit yeah. like it, that's not it shouldn't be and, that and why is it not homophobic banter in yes. the in the women's league then. yeah exactly yeah no, it's because yeah. of toxic masculinity oh, definitely. absolutely so yes it's very hopeful in the end um and he actually what well, he, t- he touches upon have you heard of the gay footballer no. so there was a twitter account set up like earlier this year at the gay footballer yeah. and it was a guy saying he was a well it was a person saying i am a gay premier league football player i'm going to come out i just want to like rally really? support first etc oh um all of these tweets it was a whole thing everyone being like yes come out it'd be amazing blah, blah blah all this stuff um gareth thomas says like that he spoke to the gay footballer he didn't like ask him what, who he was like who he played for who, what yeah. his actual name was but that he was like just trying to be supportive and like saying like you know you should like it's going to be great you should do it and everyone supports you and you know i i hear all the ways that you can be supported obviously he came out in rugby so it was like a he knows what it's like to go through that um and then uh but the gay footballer then like put a coming out date like in july i think it was Mm. and everyone was like super excited and then like the day before it he just said like like put like a thing up that said like oh i thought i was strong enough but i'm not um and then he just deleted his account so there's this whole thing about like is it is it a joke is it yeah. like did someone just being like um trying to get some attention or yeah. whatever and stuff and like not really knowing just which no way, way knowing. Is, there's no way of knowing um so yeah but i thought it was interesting that's where he ended it on sort of being like this would be amazing for someone to actually come out feel safe enough and then that hopefully will be like beginning to start yeah. the visibility etc thing is even if that is a fake account i would like to think that you know obviously we do know that there are going to be some queer footballers who aren't out like yeah, there no, are there are there just are there's no are. way that there are like yeah. zero in the premier yeah. league or whatever yeah. so whoever those people are they will know about that account because obviously it attracted like a huge yeah. following and i know that obviously for whatever reason whether that's a legitimate you know story or it isn't they will see that and follow that journey and sort of be able to just imagine a future for themselves maybe in a way that they couldn't before so hopefully like even if it's not real it would kind of make them see all of the positives yeah because there was there was such a like outpouring of support for this uh the gay footballer and like so therefore yes i see yeah hopefully it will eventually you know somebody will feel comfortable enough to come out i think it will happen soon yeah i think it will too um so yeah i'm hopeful for the future of queer football yeah, we'll do a special celebration app. When oh, that I will lose my mind. I love yeah. it so much. Life in the field. <laughs> We're actually going to football hopefully soon, aren't we? We are hopefully soon. Yeah, going to go watch uh, Man City, Birmingham, I think it is, when our friends come up. It is Man City, Birmingham. Yeah, catch, catch a game. Yeah. Yeah. We'll come come along. We'll see oh, you yeah, in the stands. We'll see you in the stands. <laughs> we'll cheers pies with you. It'll be great. Oh, Yes. Um, so yeah, that is basically all I've managed to consume. If I'm being completely honest, because it's, don't do yourself yeah. down, Lucy. Oh, you've ex- consumed. You've re- you've reported back. It's a very thorough review. Don't be doing yourself down on this podcast. I'm not having it. Okay, thank you so much. You can do anything, as you know. <laughs> I do know. <laughs> what have you consumed? Well, um, not to be outdone, but I've consumed two documentaries. Oh um, my god! Of course you have. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they haven't been trying to escape rooms like yeah, I have. <laughs> that's true. Um, they they yeah. 
so I consumed two. The first one was a new documentary by Chelsea Handler. Um, Chelsea Handler is kind of um, a TV presenter. She was originally on... Well, she was originally a stand-up and then she got this gig on E! And she had her own show on that, sort of like interviewing celebrities. And then she decided she wanted to kind of do a bit more serious stuff and do a bit more journalism. And then she had a talk show on Netflix. Oh, um, Which uh, I think was on for maybe a couple of years. I'm not sure if it's coming back or not, but um, she has done that recently. And then she's written a load of best-selling books and she's kind of a bit of um, a sandpapery personality for some people. Like she's a bit, she's a bit of a Marmite character. Okay, yeah. And um, she kind of like says the wrong thing a lot and, you know, whatever. But she um, decided that she wanted to be more politically engaged and she just had this realisation, as she sort of says, like too late in her life and career of just how much she has benefited from white privilege and that whole system that supported her to the place that she's in now being you know a very rich affluent successful entertainer right and sort of looked back on her life and the different kind of twists and turns that it took and kind of looked at how things might have been different for her but also kind of where does she go from here as an ally and what she can do and as she says without making it a whole thing but in doing this documentary she kind of has made it a thing yeah okay yeah yeah it's really really difficult for me to decide where I land on this documentary yeah yeah. so it's called hello privilege it's me Chelsea (laughs) it's me it's Chelsea I've come home she's come home and she's yeah saying a lot of things let me in your very easy window to get into yes but there is um, a review of it on the Daily Dot. Right. And I um, probably agreed with that as much as I'd agreed with like most of what's been written about it. Okay. Which is basically, you know, sometimes when she is doing a lot of the talking and making a lot of the jokes, it's not really like quite landing right. And it's like, seems a little bit off. But actually the best parts of the documentary is when she kind of gives that um, platform over to people who have kind of things to say about it from a sort of educated and personal perspective and actually like that's when it's at its best but then also there is there is this kind of thought that runs through it that actually and from these people that she speaks to that actually you know they are tired of always having to like speak on on this and tell white people what they should do right yeah actually it's not a problem that people of color have to be sorting out on their like to-do list of things and it's actually it lands at the feet of white people and that's where that's where it begins and they're the people that need to be kind of like unpicking this and sorting it all out basically so yeah i think i think it is interesting and she kind of speaks to all these experts and she there is this really powerful bit of the documentary even though as i've said i'm still working out what my relationship to it actually is But she goes back, so when she was younger, she um, got involved with um, a guy and she, a a black man um, called Tyshawn when she was a teenager. Right. And he got involved in drugs. He became a drug dealer. She got pregnant. Um, She ended up living with his family. Right. And he ended up in prison. And he's sort of been in and out of prison um, since they were together. Right. And she was kind of, she stopped going to school, you know, all these things. And then her dad ended up going to get her and sort of like 
plucking her out of it saying that she needed to have an abortion and go back to school which is what she did right and then you know yeah she hustled yeah she worked hard she got to where she was but she sort of goes back to that time and thinks you know the amount of times you know i was with him knowing that he had drugs in the car going to steal drugs and we'd be stopped by the police and i and she said i would just shop him and say this is what he's doing because i'd be scared Mm. and the policeman would be like go i don't want to see your face here again and then he'd be arrested right you know yeah and you know all of these different scenarios and she said you know she she'd be pulled over all the time with like five people in the car she might be on drugs she might be um you know over the limit and she said like the worst that's ever happened is she's got like one dui but she's done like loads of illegal things basically and never got um in trouble for it just sort of get a bit of a slapped wrist or whatever yeah so she goes back and she hasn't seen tyshawn in you know years and years and years and goes back to see him and his family that were basically her family for a time yeah and they have this conversation he's been out of prison for three years and they just kind of talk about how their lives were so intertwined but then just kind of like converged in this way and you know what what that means both obviously to them but as a sort of marker for how messed up society is at at large it talks about voter suppression um yeah it touches on a lot of stuff but i think that the interesting thing at the end of oh and you could also see that they just like really loved each other and that was really sweet that was really sweet to see and he said like when he was in prison she'd always be on the tv right but he could never you know he kept saying oh turn it over turn it over and they'd just be like oh no no and you know she'd be on every day Mm. and um he said and i could never tell anybody that i knew you because who would believe me yeah because you were this famous you know affluent celebrity woman why would someone like me know someone like you but they did and they were in love and they you know they could have ended up having this kid yeah. and all these things and so i thought that was like a really powerful bit but then what it said what it sort of says at the end is you know it's an imperfect documentary for all these reasons there are some good bits but the the interesting thing will be now is if she just leaves it where it is that will be like probably quite shit yes um yeah she needs to do something with but it. if she kind of does something and this is like the beginning of her activism yeah then fine yeah reasonable start but it just kind of depends like is this her kind of thinking because also presumably she's profited off of this yeah almost undoubtedly yeah, yeah so that's kind of a bit tricky yeah i don't know if she has but i'm assuming that she has and that's a bit weird and then yeah. it's just kind of like if that's it all wrapped up in a nice bow and she's taking home a check it leaves a bit of a bad taste but you know i guess it depends on where it goes from there so i think it's like a really it's an uncomfortable watch but i think it throws up loads of questions I, i would like to speak to someone else who's watched it to see what what they think but right well i'm sorry you're gonna have to get yourself a new podcast i'm gonna have to um yeah i don't know anyone who's watched it but um (laughs) my friend kate um might watch it because she used to watch her when she was on e talking about the kardashians back in the day so maybe she will yeah because i don't really know her like i know her name but i don't but i don't never seen anything that she actually has done so right um but yes very interesting yeah and then i also watched the documentary that's massively just blown up over the past week and it's um jesse nelson odd one out on oh, bbc iplayer i've been meaning to watch that i have not watched it yet yeah so i watched that last night i only had room for one documentary this week <laughs> yeah and jesse nelson is obviously um one of the members of little mix 
and it is about um her kind of really horrendous time that she had in her life when she just won x factor and it was the beginning of her being you know completely mercilessly trolled online for her appearance and i know that there's a lot of stuff being done on this at the moment you know young people social media trolling it's like everyone has something to say about how you know awful it is and we all sort of like sit around and talk about how bad it is but when you actually hear that first person account from someone who is so famous mm. and that it's, you know, screenshot after screenshot after screenshot on the, on the screen, they don't try and kind of sanitize right, things yeah. or um, kind of gloss over how bad it was. And it has the other members of the band on and they're sort of giving their accounts and, you know, they're like sobbing, talking about what had happened Ooh. to her. And it actually got so bad that she did try to take her own life and i didn't know that um and oh my god i didn't know that yeah and i didn't know that either and it it was so shocking to hear and obviously they were you know doing a bunch of press yeah she just wasn't there they couldn't really talk about it there was this sort of cloak of silence over I remember it. when that was a thing. I remember I, when yes, that was a thing. But I don't remember, like, you know, never knew why. Yeah. Well, no, because it was so, she was it was so private yeah. and so sort of hushed up. But, you know, I think that she does a lot to kind of start a journey of some form of healing through the documentary from it. But she, you know, she has been so traumatised by this. And it's so 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 sad to see because it's like even now when she's worked through you know quite a lot of these issues there's still you know so much damage there yeah and like she says she doesn't know if that's ever gonna go away or ever gonna kind of really change yeah it might not it might not and it's just kind of like making peace learning how to manage it that and manage it yeah exactly but um yeah, oh. I thought I thought it was so. I love her, and I love all of Little Mix, and that's really sad. Yeah, and Jessie's always been my favorite one. Yeah, she's a really good one. Um, I mean, they're all good ones, but yeah. Yeah, it was it was honestly it, it was a really really good documentary, um, and apparently she reached out to a friend of hers, I think who's a producer, maybe right. at, at BBC or yeah. or something, and um, to work on it together. So this has been in the works for like the past year ish. Okay. Um, but it's a really, really good yeah, documentary. Yeah, I want to watch it. It's on my list. Yeah, definitely okay, watch it. I will it's do. Worth it. I will. Also, I know we mentioned last week that um, Sam Smith came out as non-binary. Yeah. Um, but also, I wanted to give a shout out. I already posted this in a group that we have with our friend about um, the CBBC article about it yeah. for Newsround. So, unfortunately, well, I think there's one particular news outlet that posted an article about sam smith but then misgendered them the whole way through yeah. about them being non-binary yeah like, yeah fucking hell when things like that happen it's literally like how many people has this okay. gone through yeah like, no one has picked up on it, it probably would have gone through about five people at a minimum yeah but anyway so that's obviously really disheartening but that's from you know really quite well established highly regarded news outlets yeah doing that cbbc which is you know for kids <laughs> for kids i think well for news round i think they did such a good article yeah, about the it really good it's really good it's really comprehensive it's really just yeah. like plain speaking and it just ex- it explains very informative yeah it explains what's happened in the news and then it just explains like what that means in really simple terms and it's kind of like okay if 
someone can write this for kids and they understand it in a couple of paragraphs how is it so hard for you to write this for adults um because adults minds are closed yeah so i just i just <laughs> thought problem. i thought that was very yeah, no. um very telling very telling yeah. yeah exactly but you can find the article if you just type in news around sam smith it's, um, it's a good one it's a good one and also on the subject of music um i know taylor swift did an article i think it was for vogue um not that long ago since she's dropped the new album but this is quite a long read in rolling stone it came out right. today ah. um so this is like you know a bit ago when you'll be um <laughs> listening to this but um yeah it's it's a really good article it's really comprehensive it's quite it's quite intimate she talks about her um relationship with Kanye West and all the kind of things that went on there a little bit and the sort of headspace that she was at while she was writing and when she did her sort of radio silence and what was going on there and okay. um yeah I think that it's yeah it's a it's a good article and it's quite long i love it when they do like a big meaty one where it's not just kind of oh you know is the song about this and then it's just kind of like oh and it's like the end sentences. of it already yeah no, no there, there ain't nothing like a long read yeah it's like a long read and it kind of it's very um it's very retrospective and sort of like what the new album is like okay yeah cool, um, cool. so i think that's definitely worth a read and obviously you know she's been kind of like in and out of public favor over the last couple of years so it's kind of interesting to see what her relationship and opinion is to that as well mm-hmm. and then my third music thing that i read on the guardian is an interview with tegan and sarah so they've obviously got a new album they've got a new book coming out yes i read that one as well yeah here i am i did consume something else <laughs> yes and it's just like about them dropping acid when they were teenagers yeah, essentially <laughs> essentially um yeah, no, it's a good article, uh, just sort of going a bit more into the uh, what their book's going to be about, high school, um, and then talking a bit more about the new album, which is taking like songs from high when that sort of era, and just um, sort of about their interpersonal relationship as well a bit. Um, yeah. And yeah, I thought it was um, interesting, the whole like um, uh, chat about how um, when you read the book, you realise that like they're they grew up at such a time where like you did everything through like being on the telephone yeah and then like how the uh the woman who's written the article says like um i i'm you know wrote this article having had two com- telephone conversations with each of them and how that felt really like apropos of it and how it made yeah made and she was like, like really i feel like i'm that. like coil like coiling yeah. the thing i really like that imagery i thought that was really good yeah i thought that was good too and i liked when um they were talking a lot about how they well i think i think it's towards it's towards the end where sarah's talking about how tegan says that they're visionaries oh yeah that's like right at the end yeah yeah but i kind of thought (laughs) it's funny i kind of thought it's it's funny but also like kind of because well yeah who else did that yes i thought it was strange that they that they, they were saying this bit about um uh yeah like um how they weren't um, cool gays and they were like being like not they weren't they weren't like cool gay artists they were like naff gay artists or whatever mm. kind of thing and I was like really I was like I think we thought they were cool yeah I think we thought they were cool but I think that I think that probably what they perceive that to be is like because they've been around for such a long time it they're kind of like always the fallback in the same way as how you were saying last week in the Cameron Esposito article like it's all too easy for them to become sort of like part of a meme of lesbian culture yeah. rather than like a cool new thing in lesbian culture. It's not like... Yeah, okay, yeah. And I yeah. think I think I that's, that. that's different. Actually, I think what that really is, is a mark of res- respect and also yeah. the fact that like 
we didn't really have anything else. Yeah. So that's like always been the fallback for like over a decade, which in lesbian time, in lesbian culture time is a long time yeah. because it's kind of like pop culture, yeah. lesbian pop culture. It's a long time because we haven't had that many like different references only in the past sort of five to 10 years max that you have more than like three things yeah, to discuss. Yeah, I was thinking that. And, I, and I, um, when I read that, I thought about that and was like, God, and then just got this like overwhelming sense of like um, hope and like sort of happiness that like, people growing up now have so much to look at and consume and feel yeah. seen in and I was like that is so good yeah <laughs> that felt really like nice yeah it's like how um how they always say like the hope is that you'll be like this disgruntled middle-aged gay person being like you young one sport for choice and it's kind of like that is that's the yeah, dream exactly um but yeah and I thought it was interesting as well when they were talking about um how there is this natural kind of propensity to be discussed by your teenage slash childhood self yes and actually like interrogate that a bit and just maybe don't do that oh my god what what (laughs) i'm just thinking back to my teenagehood now and thinking about like the one to two slash 18 months of my life where i like didn't didn't take off a bucket hat (laughs) (laughs) this was very maybe this was like 12 13 yeah but i had this like quicksilver bucket hat reversible but only wore it one way oh yeah um and i like just did not take it off like for over a year i had like a woolly (laughs) it was like it's like a wool o'neill hat like a skate hat yeah that had the rim that like really like shallow rim of course you did i had that and that was in like a sort of like gray blue like a slate lovely yeah and then i had a pink like a crossbody o'neill bag oh oh crossbody i had a bright orange crossbody bag Mm. yeah i used to be obsessed with hot pink and um an orange as like everything i had like hot pink and orange sheets i had hot pink and orange flared cords whoa from la zenza girl what's la zenza <laughs> it's just like an american clothing brand and then la zenza girl is like the kids version oh. um and they did loads of like brightly colored things and things were like like things that lizzie mcguire will wear yeah like is... a bit a bit like tammy girl yes very exactly like tammy girl that's the other place i used to get clothes yeah from. yeah so um yes it, but it is funny to look back at your yeah but to look back and not be like disgusted but like just think about it and like be informed by how you were yeah like like not automatically turn away from it yes as like exactly a thing to yeah reject and a thing to reject like, forget and that's also a, a key bit from the jesse nelson documentary where you know she really grapples with this whole self-hate thing of like trying to escape that old jesse who got all of that online abuse who she didn't like she was trying to constantly escape from right and she worked with this therapist to try and kind of remesh those two Jessies back together to just be like one person and to kind of try and view it from a different lens to be like you know without that person you would not be here like she propelled you into this position that you're in now and just to kind of like change the viewpoint from which she was seeing her history right okay yeah Um, yeah so yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting times. Um, gorgeous outfits. I do feel kind of sorry for kids now because I feel like their outfits are so just like very uh, glossy and turned out, and like all their makeup's like really nice. It's like so easy for them so quickly, or like so there's so much available for them. So yeah, I, I always think that though. I always think like our kids like better dress now, definitely. Or do we just? Is that just because we think they're better dressed now? Were we actually okay dressed? But I don't think we were. 
No, I, I think I think that they are better now. Yeah. I think that you're always going to look back and be cringed out, whatever. Yeah. But I do think that it's better. Probably for like quite gross reasons, like, you know, fast fashion. Oh, and that's exactly we buy the, the reason. Like it's double the amount of clothes so you yeah. can have, you know, all these new... Exactly. Whereas like... Everything's we... available for not that much money and we also are like told to buy things and look this way etc yeah just get the things and wear the trainers asap and i guess like because of because of social media and the internet and stuff it's kind of like you will gain an awareness of like what the things are to lost after and want to obtain in a way that like we probably didn't have access to in the same way so like probably took a while to for like the cool thing to reach us Definitely. for us yeah. to even know we wanted them yeah but that... <laughs> that's why i was wearing a bucket hat at 13 yeah i mean <laughs> i mean i was ahead of my time with anything yeah listen i was gonna say <laughs> let's get you to that rave so it wouldn't be a conversation about music without delving in to the life of our very favorite songstress it's time for celine watch oh celine what have you been up to this week Oh, Selene, what have you done? <laughs> As you may have seen on our social medias, we did some posts, some stories about the fact that Celine has released a, what is it, like a four? She's released four tracks. Four tracks. Four from, tracks from her new album. The new album's coming out in November. Yeah. But she's released four tracks from that album early to listen to. <gasps> Thank you, Celine. Blessed be the yeah. day. So the album's called Courage, yeah. and there are four songs from that album. So there's Imperfections. Yep. Yeah. There is my favourite title, Lying Down, which I think is <laughs> so funny. Um, Courage, which is obviously a title track of the album, and Flying On My Own. Um, yes, have you listened to them? I have listened to them. My favourite one is without a doubt Flying On My Own um, because it's gay rights. And it's such gay rights. It's a share song, basically. Yeah, it's essentially like a Eurovision song. It's like such a bop. I really like um, Imperfections okay. because I think it sounds like it could come from like a Tegan and Sarah album. <laughs> it has that like edge of just like sort of trying to be a bit electro-y synthy. Yeah, they're all like completely different vibes. Yes, it's they kind are. Of weird. Yeah. Um, Courage is so sad. Oh my God. So Courage was the first one I listened to. I listened to Courage at work and today I, and I was yeah, like, oh. I, I welled up. I was yeah. like, oh God. I was, yeah. like, I was like, oh, stop it. And then I was like, I've got to have courage to listen to the whole of this song. Yeah, um, it's sad. It is very sad. Um, but then you get the absolute disco bops of, um, uh, yeah, uh, I can't remember what that one's called. Imperfection. I keep, I keep wanting to say. I keep, I keep wanting to say um, irreversibles, which isn't even really a word. Irreversible. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yes, it's a great one. So I think that probably leads us right on to very, very, very swiftly into track of the week. Because Olivia, what is your track of the week? Didn't I already say it, it was no, flying on my own? Oh right. Well, it's it's, <laughs> it's flying on my own. <laughs> <laughs> no no ifs and buts about it yeah it no rhyme or reason absolutely is um yeah we'll be taking that to margate pride come <laughs> august 2020 um yeah and actually yeah it is kind of sad about some of the stuff that she's been writing about obviously a lot of this is about the death of her husband yeah and um she was in new york magazine as well today talking about it and she was just saying like you know all the things she misses and it was just really sad oh silly um, i know it was sad but um We're here for you. she's got a lot of things in the pipeline a lot of things to be a lot of editorials looking, coming up yeah looking forward to so hopefully <laughs> like that will be nice for her but yeah it's definitely flying on my own because it's gay rights how about you <laughs> so in keeping with uh my being very very excited to go see camp cope i've just been listening to loads of loads of camp cope so uh my track of the week is 
I, I was actually like struggling to think of like which one would be like my track of the week because I, I have loads and loads of favorites but probably gonna go with UFO Lighter which is just a really really great song it's sort of like they have loads of like um passion in their songs and like they're really like angry about things but in like the best way like in in the way that you should be um, yes. through music so um ufo lighter is my track of the week by camp cope and i can't wait to see it live and lose my voice again and i'm gonna continue to lose my voice. i'm never gonna get this voice back <laughs> you actually aren't no actually forever. Not. do you know what i can't wait to see i saw on instagram a couple of days ago um do you know the comedian may martin the name rings a bell but i wouldn't she's be got able to like, tell what she looks like, like or anything like bright blonde cropped hair quite small yes maybe okay well anyway um she Sorry, maybe. <laughs> she is um a queer comedian and she has written this new um sort of drama series it's going to be on channel four in the new year and it's called feel good and it's about that i've seen about that i didn't didn't notice the name so it's about like love and addiction and stuff i think it's going to be a six-parter yeah lisa kudrow phoebe off of friends plays her mum. yeah and it was filmed in manchester oh cool probably in your office probably yeah that's all things are oh my god i love it when things are filmed in manchester and then you can just like be like oh lol there oh you are god. yeah and then one second later they're like somewhere else and i think that's really funny i love watching cold feet for that's so funny i've never watched cold feet oh it's great well i'm going to if i get to like see all the bits of manchester oh you'll get to see all the bits of manchester and then it's like they uh like on dean's gate and then like one second later they're just like in didsbury oh my god I lo- yeah i love that so much and it's so funny yeah it's great and it's like i don't know what uber you've gotten but give me that guy's <laughs> number because i need those details yeah. get me to didsbury in 10 seconds um so yeah there's like loads of gay bits to be looking forward to, to there be are yeah there's gonna be a lot in the in the pipeline like i mean we haven't even like talked about it for ages but the l word is gonna be out before we even bloody know it i know and we're gonna have to do like a 18 part series we're gonna have to do an 18 part party yeah ep, well, ep, ep by ep did i mention on the podcast i listened to um the rupaul what's the tea podcast with kate medic on it I can't remember if you did mention that on the podcast. I don't think I don't I think it you on did. our group chat though. Yeah. Same um, thing. <laughs> same thing. Um I'll just invite you all to that. Save us all time. Um but yeah, and then I found out that she was married, that sly old fox. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. No. Sly old fox. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, and then I found out that um, with the original series, they filmed it all in like Vancouver and just like pretended it was LA by doing like really like small shots. But then this time they've got like probably they've got probably like a hundred dollars more, but yeah, like so two doing, more pounds. Yeah, they're doing it in LA, actual LA. So yeah. that's gonna be nice, and you get to like see a lot more of LA and feel like you're actually there. Um, but there's quite a lot of stuff about the L word. So if you are a diehard L word fan, I would recommend listening to that. Um, cool. And. Yeah, them's the main bits. And then there's also an article that I read today. Unfortunately, it doesn't talk about it that much. But um, in the New York Times, there is a massive article about the life and times of Pam Greer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it literally like mentions the other mention like, Yeah, like in a list of things she's done or something. Yeah, for yeah. like one second. But it's still a good read if you're like into her and her work. 
Well, while we wait for all of those, and as ever, you can get in touch with us in all of the main ways on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Queer Longing. You can email us queerlonging at gmail.com. We love to hear from you and please subscribe, rate the podcast on whichever platform you get it on. Five stars only. It's like Uber. If you do any less, you're you're wrong. Um, And uh, whilst we wait to see all those five star reviews come flying in, we will be Loving you, leaving you, and longing for you. Until next time. Bye. I'm doing the ASMR. <laughs> Goodbye. Good- no, it has to be like this. It has to be like this. It has to be like this. Tegan and Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, anything else? We're off. Is that it? Um, yeah. Is there... Oh. What? It's Laura's tattoos. Laura, Laura got her tattoo.